up guys, Jeff Cavalier, athletenext.com. So today we're going to talk about men and women, the differences between men and women. The birds and the bees, no, 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 not that. We don't need it. no. We're talking about fat storage and the obvious differences between men and women in fat deposition and what that means and does it actually provide you with a way to change your training up, to change how you eat. Is there something we can do about it? What does the science say? Well, I think you guys are going to find this video very interesting. And first of all, thank you to the women that are here watching this video. Though I don't necessarily make videos specifically calling women out into attention, I say guys all the time. What's up, guys? But I mean all of you, and I'm glad you're here because it's really interesting how this is all going to play out. So we see the differences here, obviously, between a man and a woman. But really what I'm focused on here is the fat storage and where the differences are. And we know that men who have their fat storage issues are going to store it in their chest, even at lower body fat levels as you're going to see, in their midsection, right in here, stubborn area, and the love handles. Again, stubborn area, even here. I actually store some right there, believe it or not, in my lower back. So even the back when we get to that side. Where we don't have issues are here in the calves, legs, and arms, right? We tend to stay fairly fat-free in these areas, provided we're not extremely overweight, as I'll cover in a minute. And we look over here at the ladies, we have some differences. Number one, we take that leg and we look in that area and we know that there's problems here for women. Thighs, hips, muffin top, this whole area over here, uh, even down here, the, uh, the, the cankle area, it's a problem, right? And women also here have a much more significant storage of fat in their arms, specifically in their triceps, that leads to these major differences in how uh, we look when compared side to side. When we turn it around, we have similar issues here. The men still have the love handles over here. We have that low back fat that I referenced, again, at a very low body fat level. I still have the remnants of fat back here on my low back that I probably will never get rid of. And we have, again, this upper back fat area, which is a problem for both men and women. But you can see here that we have more of that hangover effect, that muffin top, less of the love handle right there. The butt is an extremely a popular place to store fat for women. The thighs, once again, and the calves, where the men are not just having that, those issues, right? So now, what is this all about? Well, there's a reason for it. So you should feel more uplifted by the fact that there's a cause, and it's basically caused by the hormonal differences between men and women. The hormonal differences that make us great and different, right, in the, in the ways that make us very unique, they also can be the bane of our existence here because we all have testosterone and estrogen. Estrogen being more of the female hormone and testosterone being more of the male hormone, but we both carry estrogen and testosterone. It's the ratios that actually impact what happens. So if we dive into this a little bit more, this is sort of a comparison of the exact situation I just laid out. The man who's overweight, the woman who's overweight, but the distribution of that excess weight is significantly different. Why is it that men are carrying all this extra weight and sort of building all this weight out right here, whereas women have it much more dispersed? They are carrying it in a lot of more significant areas. They're carrying it in their hips, in the thighs, in the, in the, in the lower legs, like I said, in the arms, whereas men are kind of right here in this chest and in here in the abdomen. Well, it's because of these differences in hormones, once again. Men, again, ruled and guided by testosterone, have more of what we would call visceral fat. And there's a difference between visceral fat, which is the fat that occurs inside the abdomen, inside the abdominal cavity, impeding on the internal organs, making it much more dangerous, by the way, than what women are having here, and that is more subcutaneous fat, the fat that's right underneath the skin that actually oftentimes leads to that appearance, that dimpled appearance of the fat, because we can see it more readily. It's right there, one layer down, whereas the men here, it's, it's actually hidden a lot more deeply. Now again, just like estrogen and testosterone, where we have each, 
Women will have visceral fat as well. Men will have subcutaneous fat. It's not one versus the other. But the, the percentages of those are greater. Well, the visceral fat here actually is more androgenic. There's more receptors in this adipose tissue that binds to testosterone that promotes the deposition of this fat. That is why men will store it in this pattern. We know it's very identifiable. Men are going to carry it here in their pot belly. And women with their subcutaneous fat here, that is actually more estrogen promoting. That estrogen will actually enhance the deposition of subcutaneous fat. So there's a reason why we're storing it in these areas. But there's more to it than this because you look at this and you say, well, if I'm a man who's more fit, then I won't necessarily have to worry about this. Right? And that's not necessarily true because even this gentleman here is a little bit older. Even though you can start to see the outline of his six-pack, he's got less subcutaneous fat here in the way, his visceral fat deposition is still creating this problem in these areas that's causing more of, 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 a, of a stubbornness to these areas, right? Whereas women here, you can still see that appearance, that pockmarking appearance here of that fat directly beneath the skin. So even at, at what we would call healthy and, and, and fit body shapes, we are not seeing the elimination of this. It's a problem we're going to have to live with forever. So what, what do we do to fix it? Because that's really the most important thing is, how do we fix this problem? And you're not going to find any shortcuts here. You're not going to find anything about freezing your fat away. You're not going to find anything about sticking some electrodes on your belly and watching it melt away overnight. You're going to find the same recommendations you always do. But I'm going to give you some hope here, because with a little bit of extra science, we're going to realize that there are some things that are unique, again, always, between men and women that should work to our advantage. And the first thing is, for women, you're going to certainly need to focus on nutrition. And I'm going to save my discussion here on nutrition for just about two minutes because we're going to need to talk about it for both. Everybody's going to have to worry about their nutrition. It is going to be the thing that determines what your body fat levels are all the time. If there's one thing you can work on, and I'm talking body fat only, we're talking about body fat in this video. If there's one thing you can do to lower your body fat, the only thing you should be focused on is your nutrition. And I know how important training is, and I do this for a living. Nutrition is always going to be the one and only thing that you should be focusing on if you could only choose one. But we'll get back to that. But when it comes to training, the interesting thing about training for women is women will actually show a beneficial effect to training more so than men will when they're trying to lose body fat. So men can train and train and train. If they don't want to get their diet in check, you really won't see a difference in the amount of body fat that you're carrying. But for women, because they naturally carry lower levels of lean muscle mass, any response to training is usually a good one. And I mean, and you guys have heard me say before, I'm not a big fan of steady state cardio. But we know that steady state cardio can produce a little bit of a hypocaloric effect, allowing you to burn a few extra calories throughout the day to get you into a hypocaloric state to burn some extra body fat. But it's not even really that. Sometimes the act of just doing any training at all, even walking on a, on a treadmill at, at some level of incline, provides enough resistance and overload to start to develop some lean muscle mass tissue. And the good thing about that is that actually provides you with all the benefits of lean muscle mass of giving you greater insulin sensitivity, a greater depot and storage uh, place for glycogen, the ability to actually have a higher metabolic rate as you accumulate more, uh, more active tissue. Those are all great things, but that being said, there's a far more effective way to do that here, and that is with strength training, progressive overload. Don't be afraid of the weights. Oh, my legs get big. No, they're not going to get big. If you're watching your diet, they're actually going to be toned. You're going to be getting rid of that body fat that's making them look big. 
So what you want to do is you want to have a three-pronged approach, if you're a woman, to do some steady-state cardio for that additional caloric burn, but focus the majority of your training on resistance training, strength training, weight training, and then, of course, using some high-intensity interval training as well. So the benefits here are pretty isolated for women when it comes to dropping fat. But for men, we're back into this whole idea about what's the contribution of additional exercise. And we were talking about walking on a treadmill at a low level speed or whatever it is for an hour. Guys, you'd be, you're wasting your time. You are wasting your time. And I've said this before, are there cardiovascular benefits here? Of course. Are they going to help you long term with your cardiovascular benefits if you're training at a high enough level? Yes. That's a, that's a known fact. Will they burn some extra calories? Yes. But we're talking about you making a significant difference in the appearance of the fat that you're carrying. This is not going to be the way to do it. Don't waste your time here. And the studies have shown that this is not going to accelerate it in the absence of good nutrition. If good nutrition is in place, this will have a better effect, but still minimized by the fact that you'd be much better off strength training and weight training. Because you, as you build more lean muscle, the same benefits apply to you as well. Now, nutrition. I said it was so important. I mean it. I want to give you guys a structure to follow. This is a, an example. This is a sample, but I do know that this works, right? And what this is is just basically taking your plate, your meals, and dividing it visually in a very simple way so that it can help you. And the first thing that I do is I basically divide it into 40%, 40%, and 20%. Simple. The first 40% here of this plate, pretty much is almost half and I kind of cut off a little bit, almost half and I cut off a little bit. Here's protein. And I don't care if you're following a vegan diet or if you're not, find a source of protein that you enjoy, that you feel uh, that, that, that tastes good, that you actually like, because this is not about depriving yourself. Find a, find a source of protein that you enjoy. That goes there. Your fibrous carbohydrates, right? All the vegetables, they fill up the other portion of your plate, the majority of your plate. Those starchy carbohydrates, I'm not against carbohydrates. I'm not looking to avoid carbohydrates. Especially as a trainer for athletes, I realize the importance of carbohydrates to fueling their performance. I'm not looking to avoid them. I, I, I make room on the plate for them. I just make it as the smallest portion of the plate. My particular favorite is sweet potatoes here that I like to use. In terms of fats, be very careful. Incidentally, you add your fat. Don't avoid fats. One of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my early life with nutrition was avoiding fats. You want to have fats in your plan. They're healthy, they're important, but just realize when we're talking about being hypocaloric, fats will actually be very detrimental because they'll add up quickly. People think, oh, I'm having olive oil. That's great. Olive oil is extremely healthy. However, when you pour olive oil after olive oil after olive oil onto your salad because you think it's healthy, there's no disputing the fact that it is, but it's also extremely caloric with over 120 calories per tablespoon. And you just realize you put six tablespoons on your salad, you realize how difficult that becomes to actually lose weight and stay hypocaloric. So you want to make sure that you're very aware of the fats you're adding because of the caloric density of them. Now there are some other things you can do, okay? And we know that I'm a big fan of ginger. I made a whole video on ginger. But the thing about ginger is that the, the active compounds in ginger, namely gingerol, are actually able to help you to do a host of things, including boosting your immunity. And we know that stress hormone accumulation is another thing that can increase fat deposition for both men and women. We want to make sure that we're doing that and controlling our stress levels and recovering. And this will also, so some studies show that this will have the ability to increase testosterone levels. Not much in terms of free testosterone, but you're not looking for a humongous game changer here. It's the accumulation, guys, of doing these small things. So incorporating ginger into your diet. The next thing is... Grapes. And grapes here containing resveratrol, right? Resveratrol, again, uh, we're looking at things that actually can act on estrogen, trying to control the amount of estrogen that we have in our body. Because remember, we have both. But as men become more estrogenic, 
it, you start to take on some of those more female characteristic uh, fat distrib uh, distributions, and women, vice versa, you have all that extra estrogen. If you can actually control some of that, that will actually help you to take on, we're not trying to get a more male fat distribution pattern because we don't want to walk around with big bellies, but what we're trying to do is, is shift the focus a little bit away from these deposits that, were, that are estrogen driven. Here are mushrooms. Again, these now prevent the production of aromatase. So that's responsible for converting androgen to estrogen. So again, we can interfere with hormones that help this transition. So mushrooms, include them in your diet. Oysters, we've heard about oysters before. So here, zinc, it comes down to zinc. There's more zinc per serving than any other food here. Again, some testosterone boosting effects there. And then finally, cruciferous vegetables. We've all heard about how important it is to have cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower, like broccoli. These have a high levels of, of phytochemicals, and they're again working to block estrogen production. So there's kind of a comprehensive look at the differences between men and women. The, the, the take-home message is this. Is there anything you're going to be able to do to change this distribution? No. You're being driven by chemicals, right? And women, you're actually being programmed genetically for childbearing to store this fat in these areas. It's, it, it's, it, you're, it's incredibly important. You were given the number one responsibility of the human species, which was to continue the species. Thank God, thank God, men were not given that responsibility because we would have been gone a long time ago. I know, I see a reminder every day of Jesse standing right here to just know that's a fact, that we would not be good with that responsibility. However, I will say that, you're, again, you're fighting your genetics, you're fighting your, your biology. However, there are things you can do. And the things you can do are going to be to prioritize that nutrition to maybe incorporate some of these other options here that can tilt the, the balance a little bit in your favor. But more importantly, prioritize the training in both instances. But guys, just don't think that you're going to get away with training, especially doing cardio, if your goal is to lose body fat. It's nutrition always. There's no way around it. There's no gimmick. There's no shortcut. There's nothing. I've, I've told you this a million times. I'm going to say it to you again. Make sure you have your nutrition in check and make sure you have a smart training plan in, in place to allow you to build lean muscle progressively. All right, guys, I hope you found this video helpful. If you're looking for how you can do this in a more step-by-step -step fashion from meal plans, step-by-step -step meals that are got, built on the same principles here of being something that you could do forever, not just for a short term, no diets, something you could do forever. They're all laid out step-by-step -step in our AthleanX programs over at AthleanX.com. In the meantime, if you found the video helpful, leave your comments and thumbs up below. Make sure you've turned on your notifications and subscribe to this channel if you haven't already done so, and tell me what else you want me to cover, and I'll do that for you in the days and weeks ahead. See you soon.